Hello, guys, Hello. and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Roundup show here with myself, Brandon Smith, and I'm joined by Rhian Noel Phillips. Rhian, how are you doing? I'm fine. Really excited for this. This is fantastic, isn't it? Our first show. Um, we seem to have lost Joe for a bit, um, but yeah. Here he is. Here he is, the man of the hour. Here he is, <laughs> Chief Bloke, Big Joe Shep. Yeah, and because I completely messed up, um, you know, the reason it's, it's all that first show nerves and everything, completely right, a whole scripted show, a curated content, the fancy producers would call it, and then completely forgot to stick myself in the studio to say, quick, well, um, <laughs> there we go. It is only up here. From, is it Crusoe? Is that right? Welcome. I've even put Welsh on for my well friends tonight. Uh, for those of you watching for the first time uh, who may not have seen us before, I am Big Joe Chef. I am founder and chief bloke at the uh, Three Blokes of Ball and Bod group of shows. I'm actually monitoring the show here, but I can take that out for now. I'm absolutely delighted. I'm only here with you for two minutes just to say a quick hello and a huge, huge thank you to uh, Rianne Noel Phillips and to Brandon Smith for helping put this together. As you know, there's a Facebook page now. And, and a huge thank you to the uh, 10,000 people who watched the opening intro, a couple of minutes of myself, Brandon, and, uh, and Rianne sort of having a bit of a chat about what this is all about. <clears throat> the whole emphasis on this is for us to look once a month at all aspects of Welsh rugby, similar as we do on the other shows, the Springbok and South African, the Leinster, the Ulster, Keegan Big Joe show and the Three Bloke show. So looking at all aspects of rugby from grassroots, <coughs> excuse me, up to international level. And we'll be looking at mainstream and non-mainstream. So as the monthly shows go on and develop, it will be reviewing games that the regions have played. We will be looking at uh, previewing games coming up. We'll be covering the Premiership. We'll cover a little bit on that tonight about where the passion and the drive and everything comes from. We'll be looking at wheelchair. We'll be uh, welcome to uh, Mark Tin and the team from Evervale Wheelchair Sports and Social Club tonight as well, by the way. Uh, we will be looking at deaf, we'll be looking at uh, visually impaired, we'll be looking at uh, tag, we'll be looking at women and sevens and every aspect of Welsh rugby, both inwards and outwards and upwards and outwards, where to sit on the, on the international stage and what has made Wales such a international success over the last 10 or 15 years. Why, people like me didn't know this, but the Premiership, not the English Premiership, the Welsh Premiership, which is the level down, if you like, from the Pro 14, from the regionals, why that's massively supported and hugely successful. And we're going to hear a little bit about that tonight. So I'm going to drop out now and I'm going to leave it all. So you'll see me from time to time. Joe Lyons, good evening. Des McCusker, good evening. Gregor Galway as ever. You're all welcome to the show. We have got a couple of uh, great guests on tonight. And we've got a couple of other guests on who are also great, but they're covering regions and, and premiership and, and all sorts of stuff. If you want to be on the show, this is a fan show. If you want to be on the show, then contact Brandon or Rianne or contact one of the team. In fact, the Welsh Rugby Roundup show, uh, the Dragon's Balls, <laughs> you know why that was called that one, um, is uh, we have got uh, our own Instagram account. We've got our own Twitter account. Brandon, thank you for setting those up as well. I'm going to go off to dot down to produce now and leave Brandon and Rianne to start to cover the show. You'll see me as the next 12 months goes on. But if you want something to uh, speak about, if you want to come on and chat about Welsh rugby, if you want us to cover a topic, then get in touch with us soon. We will do. And I'm chuffed to add another show uh, to the three blokes of all and Bod Group. Thank you very much. Here's, I have to put this all the way in this speech again. He is from Cardiff. He is my brother from another mother, Dave Williams. Hello. How are you, brother? And uh, there we go. I'm going to drop down. Please put it together for the Welsh Rosadess, as I like to call it, Rianne <coughs> Mel Phillips, and from Brandon Smith Rugby in his own right. It is Brandon Smith, your host and leads 
for the latest show in the Three Blokes of Wall and Pod group, the Welsh Rugby Roundup Show, the Dragon's Balls. Take it away, lads. Finally, a bit of peace and quiet, eh, Vian? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Uh, you know, we, we the Welsh know how to do it best. And welcome to the show. It's our first show. We're so excited to have yeah. you with us. As always, uh, if you're watching here live on Facebook, on YouTube, uh, subscribe on the channel, like the Facebook page. And today, we really want to give you the basics behind Welsh rugby, about how Welsh rugby is where it is at today. Obviously, Wales, we were number one ranked in the world for, for that very short time, very but short we certainly time. were. And we want to cover all aspects of Welsh rugby and hopefully we're going to do that for you this evening. We do want to start to talk a little bit about the history of the game here in Wales because rugby is very old in this uh, country. It's very steeped in tradition. People are very connected to their local clubs as you will know here as I will yeah. know here. Anything that's really going on in the community tends to happen in the rugby club doesn't it Rian? Oh absolutely and it is it's, it's still very much the um, community led isn't it? Um, the, the local rugby club and, and the club themselves tend to get involved with other um, local, um, well, in, in our area down here, um, Macken Rugby Club gets involved with the show, our, our local agricultural show. It's, um, it's the rugby club is probably one of the only bars we have left in our little village. So, you know, it, it is it is really part of the, the community. And what's great as well is even it doesn't matter, does it, um, what level you are, the international um, guys still go back to their, mm. um, their, their roots and their local clubs, um, no matter where they end up. And that, I think that's really, really important. And we've seen that when, uh, over the years, when we've mm. had international players from all over the world come to Wales to live. Um, you know, um, Faletau, for example, the Vinopolas, they've just lived in Wales and been part of the, the community and, and still fondly think of Wales as, as just being a totally rugby-mad nation. But um, yeah, um, I I found out um, today um, that rugby came to Wales in 1850, and wow. um, apparently uh, it was the Reverend Professor Roland Williams who bought the game from Cambridge University to St David's College in Lampeter, and that was he 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 the first rugby team uh, was developed there. The actual um, WRU as as we know, it wasn't um, established until 1881. And in fact, that was also the year of the first international game uh, in Wales. Um, and one thing I did know was the oldest rugby club, and still is the oldest rugby club in Wales, is Neath, or the Welsh All Blacks, who were actually founded in 1871. So that, we always think, or I, I think perhaps because of my, you know, my background, that the golden age of rugby was the 1970s in Wales. But actually, if you look back in history, the first golden age of Welsh rugby was um, in very early uh, uh, 1900s, uh, end of the 1800s and 1900s, where we won several um, Grand Slams and um, Triple Crowns, um, both within when um, uh, France came in and, and before that. Um, and then we it, it all went then because, um, as we know, totally different to anywhere else uh, in the world, Welsh rugby was based on the the heavy industries, mm. the coal mines, the, um, the the steel industry. They were the ones that, um, that spawned the big 
rugby players, the big boys team, they worked together underground. They worked together um, as mm. a rugby team. And so we have that working class background um, for rugby, which perhaps you don't see in mm. in, uh, in other countries. It's not synonymous with um, the, the sort of public schools. Um, and so in the 1920s, after the war, you know, during the war and uh, the First World War, the Great War, um, uh, the coal mining industry was absolutely booming. But once we got into the Depression, of course, right. there was no money. People couldn't afford to go to rugby. Um, the, coals, the coal mines were all closing. And and so that was when they started to take the, the, the shilling to go north to rugby league. Yeah. And um, I come from, uh, on one side of the family, mining stock. And mm. my I can remember still my grandfather, you know, sort of people wouldn't talk to people who um, went up north to rugby league, mm. and it was seen as something. When you when you when you realise that they were offered money in a time of great depression, and, <laughs> and you couldn't blame them, mm. but it still it, it remained a stigma for a long time um, in 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 Wales itself. Um, and so, yeah. So, oh, and, and another claim to fame, of course, was in uh, 1905. Uh, Tom Williams, which was the name of my grandfather, but sadly it wasn't him who did it, suggested that the Welsh National Anthem be sung as mm. a response to the hacker when they played New Zealand. And that's where it started. And that's why we sing the Welsh, uh, well, the National Anthems um, before a rugby game. I still think perhaps we should... Um, um, sing it after the hacker, but there we are. That's, that's for another debate, another day, I think. And the Welsh anthem for us is is so important, and I'm sure the next two guests who are going to jump in with us have beautiful voices. Um, yeah. I'm first going to introduce you to Nathan Parkey. He started his own podcast called Don't Give a Vote. It's fantastic. He's had incredible guests on Thank the you. podcast. Worth a listen, absolutely. Nathan, welcome to the show. How are you doing, mate? Oh, what an introduction. <laughs> I was going to say that that was the best history lesson I've ever been to. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We've got a history teacher here today. We've got a history teacher. You, you don't need to go to school, kids. Just talk to the Welsh Wizardess. Yeah. She's got you sorted. Exactly. And can you tell us a little bit about your podcast? How did it come about? And about some of the incredible guests you've had on there? Yeah, well, I, my first thing, I don't want to name drop. I'm not one of these people that name drops. Uh, Sean Fitzpatrick. Uh, <laughs> I've never heard of him. Who is he? <laughs> but, um, you know, I've had two failed podcasts. Like, I've mm. just graduated um, as a sports journalist mm. uh, a month ago, getting through COVID somehow. Mm. Like, Shane Williams, sidestepping every, every, uh, everything that come our way. But I uh, managed to get it in the end. And after two failed podcasts, I thought, you know, I'll decide to go on my own. and. Um, created a rugby podcast and you know it's not as easy as it looks you know you sort of message about 500 people involved in rugby and see how it goes and I was lucky to have about four or five replies and then it just went from there and obviously it's, it's almost like the snowball effect then the, you know people start seeing who you've gone on and they're going oh yeah I quite like that look <laughs> it sounds fantastic I've had a listen to so many of your podcasts mate I absolutely love them it's so fascinating to hear from not just current players, but also past players about how rugby's changed. Mm. And yeah, anyone listening to this, if you're a fan of world rugby, not just Welsh rugby, definitely check it out. We're going to bring our next guest in. He is a really, really started a really exciting podcast looking at an area of the game which has such history here in Wales. It's so important. 
in the Welsh game and obviously before 2005 is what we knew as rugby here in Wales. It is Tobias. He has started a new podcast called the Welsh Premiership Podcast with his friends. Tobias, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Evening all. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thank you for coming on, mate. Cheers. Um, yeah, so basically I started this podcast called the Welsh Premiership Podcast with two course mates. Actually, I'm in the middle of the same course Nathan's graduated from, yeah. German sports journalism. And basically, we decided on creating the podcast because we thought there was a gap in the market in Welsh rugby. The premiership's followed by thousands of fans and people across Wales. And we feel as if it didn't get enough coverage, media aspects and nothing that it deserved. So we started off with a, in a little room in our university and um, obviously COVID's kicked in. Uh, we've moved down from home, had a few guests on, and it's going well. It sounds fantastic as well. And it's really interesting to hear about the Welsh Premiership, something that maybe, you know, not saying I'm extremely young, but maybe younger than some other Welsh rugby fans. You know, I don't really remember the Premiership that much uh, because obviously in Wales, you know, it's like football. The Football doesn't exist outside the Premier League, does it? So, you know, it's about, as you said, Tobias, there's a gap in the market there. It's interesting as well, as it's so important in the structure of rugby here in Wales. We had a history lesson from Huyan, of course. I do want to ask an interesting question to you guys, though. Uh, we'll go with Nathan first. Do you remember your first rugby match that you ever went to watch in Wales? It might be your local club. It might be Wales as your first, which was very lucky if it was. Or it might be a regional side. Can you tell us a little bit about your first game? Yeah, well, the first game I can remember was 2005, actually, going to the Millennium Stadium. And it was the... Welsh Cup back then, which was was called the Cornica Minolta Cup, I think, and um, and they probably played Kenetley in the final. And um, first game, you know, I had the scarf. You know, I remember my dad coming up to me when I was about eight or nine, saying, "You know, what sport do you want to play?" Almost like pushing me towards rugby. And I, for some reason, because I like round, as I said, cricket, but um, <laughs> he said, "No, you're playing rugby. You're playing rugby." I, I could have ended up on a different podcast. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I remember that game, and Ponty were, I think, twenty-four eight up at half time, and I goes to my dad, "We've won this now," and the final score is Kenetley twenty-five, Ponty twenty-four. And I left the stadium crying. <laughs> and my dad said, that's the last game I ever take you to. <laughs> well, that was an interesting game, that's for sure. Uh, Tobias, do you remember your first game, mate? Well, my first ever game rugby, I think it's from my local team, uh, Brinkerthin, at the age of six. But um, I do remember going to the Millennium Stadium in 2008 for Wales vs Italy, Grand Slam year. And... Um, God, I must have been about six or seven. But so I remember, I think it was um, a ball, Tom Shanklin, 50-yard try, and that's the only bad thing I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> I think my first game was Italy, 2010. Maybe I live right at the top of Wales. You know, we like rugby does exist up here somehow. And uh, I remember going down the train all the way to Cardiff to watch us play against Italy. And Italy at the time were going through this weird phase of having lots of overseas players and having players, lots of overseas players playing the number 10 position. And I, they had an Aussie-born player playing at number 10. I remember he dropped a drop goal in the first five minutes. I thought, oh no, we're going to lose to Italy here. This is not good in my first game. But we went on to win uh, very comfortably. Uh, if he, um, you're just as young as us. Um, oh, do you remember? Uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I
Um, yeah, there was um, some some people who are listening might might remember the infamous East Terrace in um, the Arms Park. It was standing room only, and it was uh, my father didn't want to take us there, but <laughs> he took my sister and I, and um, I think we were playing Australia. Uh, all I can remember, I couldn't see a thing. Um, we, we 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 were on the hanging on the little railing thing. We got we lost. <laughs> Wales lost. And um, there were lots of bottles which one sell brown ale, but it was rather yellow by the time they finished it. <laughs> it was an amazing, great singing in those days, I've got to admit. Um, mm. Perhaps lack that sort of, um, apart from when Wales are doing really well, we probably don't have the atmosphere of the old um, terraces used to get. But yeah, happy days. Um, we've all been so lucky to see rugby in Wales and I think you know we will get onto this a little bit later talking about the passion that the fans have it's so important and I think I've come from a lot of different areas but we are passionate you know and as we all know we're always right you know in rugby like Welsh fans we are always right we are always right to the structure of the game in Wales, uh, Fian's going to take this one on about how the structure of the game in Wales, because it is so deep-rooted in the community. I'm going to pass over to uh, the intellectual genius that is the Welsh Bats. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just asking you, really, you know, the, the, the structure, the whole... The, because uh, Brett, Brandon and I were talking about how community-led rugby is uh, and how important community rugby is to actually sort of acting as we, we talk about the regional clubs and their feeder clubs but actually it starts a lot lower than that doesn't it and um um do, do you think it acts as a stepping stone um for um the regional teams you know how important do you guys think um the sort of grassroots rugby from community rugby up and how important community rugby is um, um. Feeder? Is that, is that to me? Yes, Nathan. Yes, to you. I'll take it on. Um, I think it's massively important, you know, is without amateur rugby or without even premiership rugby, I don't think Wales win the grand slams that they, they have over the last few years. Um, you know, you look at that 2005 grand slam side and that was based on, you know, the Celtic Warriors, which we, we, we'll talk about yeah. later. Uh, you know, you look at the Rob Sadolis, Brent Gabains, you know, Gethin Jenkins, Matthew Reese went on to win in 2008. You know, it, it all starts from the bottom. And, um, you know, I, I can only go by my local side, which is Ridvel and RFC. And it, it's a brotherhood, you, you know, wherever you're from, we're called the village. And that's what we are. We're, it's the centre of the earth. Uh, that's the way we see it, sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, you know, without without those those players, you know, you look at Liam Williams. I, I think he was a bricklayer. And he yeah. played for the local club, and he, he didn't come through a conventional way. And I still think there's there's this space and there's time for for players coming through that those ranks, not just the academies, uh, which again we'll get onto later. But um, my my girlfriend's cousin at the minute is um, is is playing for Colliger Camoy. He's he just got picked for Colliger Camoy, then he's going to be with the Blues Academy. And I, I've almost like planned his career out for him because I've seen it so many times. And I was like, well, if you're good. You'll play for Colleague Camoid, you'll play for the Cardiff Blues Academy. You might have one or two games for Ponte or Cardiff, and then you'll go on to play for the Blues and Wales. And that, that's that's the way it is. But I still think uh, you know, 
the romantic in me still sees uh, a Liam Williams who's playing for the local club and and uh, has dreams of playing for Wales. Yeah. And what about you, Tobias? What do you think about the way that, um, you know, from community upwards, then, how do you think they, that, um, that works for you? Yeah, as Nathan said, I think it's vital from community grassroots level, like my local club down in Brincathin. Um, we have a number of clubs down for Genway, but it's so important that the local clubs are stepping stone to a high level. We've got the academies, like Nathan said, the regions and all this, but obviously the premiership level. A lot of players get picked from the local clubs or college rugby to go and play in the semi-pro league. But again, I think that is a vital step between the regions and grassroots level. So I think without that, Welsh rugby would struggle as a whole. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think we're going to move on to that soon, isn't it? And, and it's sort of what happens then between premiership and, and regions, isn't it? That, mm -hmm. that, that, a bit of a, a gap, especially with the fans and, and, and the way that um, it's perceived in Wales. Mm. And, you know, sort of um, that's, that's quite an interesting discussion as well, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Um, from, yeah, as well, is really important, isn't it? It's, um, um, especially if you're, you're from Round Reed Bell in you, Nathan. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I went to Reed Bell in school, stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> many, many moons ago. But, yeah, you know, sort of, um, uh, schools competitions, playing rugby at school level. Um, there's a lot of competition we always find when when the um, um, football team does well in Wales that um, the first thing that, that happens is everyone wants to be bailed and um, then, you know, more football is played in school. I don't know what it's like with you, Brandon, up North Wales. Uh, what what yeah, is it's, it's very different up here. Um, obviously, I'm so close to Liverpool and Chester and Manchester, so the football ties are very strong. But of course, you know, we'll move on to the Premiership very shortly. But we've got a new team up here, Rugby Goggoth Cymru, North Wales Rugby RGC, yeah. um, which have been really successful, in fact. And they're really the local hub for bringing talented young players through in the area. And they've done well, and that's really important. They've had good coaches such as Mark Jones, who's at the Scarlets, uh, in charge there. And we've seen that people have really bought into that. Of course, the under-20 side come up to Colwyn Bay, play at Arius Park or Zip World Stadium, as it, of course it's officially known, which is not the greatest name, but but, but we'll run with it anyway. Um, but yeah, fans always go. It's always a sellout, even if it's absolutely chucking it down with rain. It's cold. And unfortunately, under 20s, England seems to be decent at it and we're losing 30 points odd. You know, the fans are still there singing, uh, really getting behind the team. And I think in Wales as a whole, as we've spoken about, community is really the driving force behind rugby and rugby brings people together and i don't think that a sport really does that as much as it does as rugby mm. and the fact that you know if you go into a bar anywhere in the world and there's rugby on and you sit next to a guy he'll buy you a drink by the end of march and you'll have bought him a drink by the end of march and you've talked about the game and you may have different opinions on the game but at the end of the day you both love rugby and that's the most important thing and that's what we're trying to do on the show you know, we want to get people involved. We want people to put their opinions. We want people to tell us if we're wrong or we're right. <laughs> because, you know, apparently, allegedly, I've never been wrong before. 
So I've heard that from a few people, but I'm not one to blow my own trumpet. But we'll bring Tobias in uh, to discuss a bit about the Premiership. Uh, the Premiership is so big in Wales. Can you explain to me a little bit about your connection to the Premiership and why you think it's so important that Welsh fans get behind it? Yeah, well, I'm obviously I'm from Bridgend and Bridgend have a team in the Premiership staff. So I've got a local side there who I'll go and support and keep up to date if I'm not there. But I think the Premiership was around before, we all know, before the regions even come in. And that was Welsh rugby. Mm. You had the big teams like Neath, Swansea, Cardiff, Pontypridd, all these sides, who everyone played for back in the day. And obviously mm. now the regions come in and, it, and it's different. I think those clubs, and especially for fans and things, stuff as well, like they would prefer to go to their local club five minutes down the road than travel 20 minutes, half hour to watch regional rugby with a few internationals, yes. Most of the time these days, don't you don't see half the internationals playing. Do you think, Tupac, do you think because they won't travel or is it because the way the regions were actually devised in the first place? It's because it's quite a, an interesting, you know, having lived through that time about how the, the regions actually were created. Uh, at the time, we had the Celtic Warriors as well. Um, it was very much not club or fan-led. And I just wonder, if, you know, from your point of view, what you think, um, you know, why then that um, fans won't travel to see a region or have no affinity, perhaps, with the region? Well, obviously, the club rugby, back, say, the older generation, this would be their rugby. They'd go there week in, week out to watch the Premiership. But the regions now, obviously, 2003, I think, they come in. Um, five regions. I think we're going to talk more about the Celtic Warriors later, but I think the way they disbanded or liquidated themselves, I think, put down on the whole Welsh rugby and just proved that the regions, well, not they weren't working, but maybe wasn't the right decision to start with. And I think a lot of people then would say, well, we stick with the Premiership. I think uh, Caldergoz was Bridgend and Ponypreeve, wasn't it, Nath, together yeah. as one. And um, yeah. all the, well, the Bridgend and Ponypreeve fans then would want to watch the actual side play rather than watch this regional thing, which didn't work out. Mm. And you had yeah. blood foods as well, didn't you? you know, it was local derbies. Mm. And you were expecting them to be lumped into either the Dragons or the Blues, which was never going to be a, um, just, you know, it was Newport Gwent Dragons. Mm. So, you know, the Steelers and um, Newport. And, yeah, it was, it was always, it was always that, an, an easy bedfellow. Mm. So what do you think, Nathan? Well, yeah. I was just about to say, you know, being from Ponty, I think everybody is widely, widely known that Ponty despised the Blues. Yeah. Uh, the, the fans despise the blues you know many a time i've been in the shed down the years and the song I've, i'll never be a blue will, will be rang out three four five times a game and um whenever we get a chance you know to play cardiff is it's like we're taking on the region it's like us against the world sort of thing and i think that celtic warriors sort of uh, disband disbanding has, has sort of had a, a big thing to do with that i, th I think I, I would look in some at some um, stuff on Wales Online a few years back. And um, I think Cardiff and Pompey were talking about getting together when they were on about getting the Warriors together. And I think there was a big uproar about that as well. So um, I don't know how that would have gone down, but 
Yeah, it worked with uh, Ponty and Bridgend. I, I think, you know, they, they beat Wasps in the, the first season and Wasps went on to win the European Cup that year. So they didn't do too bad, did they? What's your take, Harry Brandon? Yeah, I think for me, my personal connection to it is my grandfather uh, was a big Cardiff uh, fan. Um, and when the Blues came in, he was very sketchy about it, wasn't sure about it. I'm just about young enough to not fully grasp what it meant at the time of being about six years old. Um, and I am an Ospreys fan. It's painful at times, especially the past season, but, you know, <laughs> we'll get there. But I think, you know, the it has such deep roots in Welsh rugby, as Tobias said. That was Welsh rugby and it continues to be Welsh rugby for a lot of people. A lot of people still will regularly go see their side, play in the Premiership week in, week out, over go and see in the regions. And there's nothing wrong with that. If that's what people want to do, they support their team. And it's like me. I'm a Swansea football fan. It's like me saying, right, Swansea and Cardiff are going to become one team and you need to go watch them now. It's very difficult to grasp that. Although, you know, you might get the best of both worlds, two very good sides coming together it's still not quite the same as being able to support the team. You maybe, maybe you're 60, 70 years old, go and see your team play and you support them all your life for 60 years. And all of a sudden you're saying, actually, you're going to go to your main rivals. You're going to pull their fans where you've been singing abuse to them for 60 years and you've got to work together. It was a massive thing in Wales at the time. And, you know, I think, I think yeah. the WRU never actually grasp what the valleys mean. Mm. You know, a, a valley... And then the next valley, mm. in, in those days, you didn't, you didn't, you know, that was like Orland almost. You, there wasn't that cultural, um, you, you had your communities, you had your valley, you travelled up and down a valley, but you very rarely travelled over. And I think that, again, was sort of not even, it didn't even come into the, the equation when they were debating how, how the, the, the regions would work. Absolutely. Um, Nathan, give us a quick... Um, a quick plug for your podcast once again, just before you drop out of the studio. Um, any exciting plans for the next few shows? Let us know. Yeah, so the next few weeks are uh, Trevor Leod, uh, Lewis Moody. Um, bloody, I, I book so many people, I just lose count. So I take it by the day. But yeah, it's going to be some uh, really exciting stuff over the next few weeks. And uh, yeah, keep your eyes peeled. Absolutely. Don't give a rook podcast. Check it out. And Tobias, finally from you, mate. Any exciting plans for the Welsh Premiership podcast and anything people should be looking out for? Yeah, um, Friday coming up, we've got a new episode out with, uh, I don't think we've announced it yet, so I don't know if I'm allowed to say. Very well known, big player in the uh, Welsh Premiership and a son of a former Welsh coach. Don't might give it away, but... Oh, okay. Sounds exciting. Awesome. Uh, guys, thank you so much for your time. I really yeah. appreciate it. We appreciate it. And I'm sure we'll see you again on the podcast. Uh, not on the podcast. I'm getting confused now. On the show very, very soon. Nathan, you, you <laughs> scrambled <laughs> brains have gone. But uh, yeah, thank you so much, guys. And we'll definitely uh, catch up soon and get you on the show once again. Cheers, guys. Cheers. And there were two. There we go. Very interesting to talk about about club rugby in Wales, how important the Premiership was. And as we said before, check out what them guys are doing because they're doing some fantastic things, not just for Welsh rugby, but for uh, rugby in general all around the world and really giving fans an insight into what it might be like to be a professional rugby player. Because although I like to tell myself I was uh, 
the the new Shane Williams coming through growing up. Um, I'm not, unfortunately. So although I like to tell myself that, I am not. Um, we're going to welcome two new guests now. Um, this might be quite interesting, actually, because we've got an Ospreys fan. I've got a Scarlet's fan coming on. And I'm not ashamed to say I'm an Ospreys fan. And I'm really excited for this one. We're going to welcome both of them onto the show now. We're going to welcome them on. It is Bob and Daniel coming onto the show. Gentlemen, first off, we have Bob Gregory. Bob, I love the shirt, mate. It's absolutely beautiful. Welcome to the show. And Daniel, out and about on holiday. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. How are we doing? Doing very well. The shirt is always you can tell. Awesome. As you can see... Walking to Aberaidh. I'm currently walking. Yeah, we're. Uh, I'm on. I'm on Hall's staycation. Is the word of the summer for obvious reasons. So I'm uh, mm. currently walking back to our uh, uh, caravania in uh, in West Wales. Brilliant. Oh, very nice, very nice. I mean, I'm going on holiday next week, so I cannot wait. Going to Anglesey on holiday, right on the beach. Gonna relax a little bit. I do have a. Uh, one Gatlin's book to read. So that's something I'm going to uh, crack on with. Um, it's not that I miss him at all. I, I don't miss him at all. Not, not not one bit. But there we go. We're going to chat about the regions. Uh, we just talked about the premiership, the importance of that. But of course, the regions came in 2004 into Wales with the five regions, of course. We'll come to Bob, first of all, and we'll talk about the Ospreys, the best team in Wales. Yeah. Maybe about 10 years ago. Maybe about Hello. 10 years ago. Best team in Wales. Just look at the stats. Bob, can you tell me a little bit about your uh, your links to the Ospreys? Ha were you a Neath fan beforehand and jumped over to the Ospreys? Or are you new to the Ospreys? Oh, we got a clue. A explain away for us, mate. Uh, born in Neath. Massive Neath fan. First game was Neath against Abertillery. It was always the first game of the season when the fair was on in Neath in September. Um, and then, oh God, watched them for many, many years. Saw them under the Ayatollah when they were winning everything. And then I moved away. And um, was watching it all from afar when Vernon Pugh turned the game professional in '95. And then seven years later, the regions came around and, well, because there was no money. There was no money to pay loads and loads of players from loads and loads of clubs, um, which is why clubs like Richmond went under. Um, and so the, the regions came about. There was only ever going to be one region I could support, uh, and that was the Neath and Swansea Ospreys. Um, and the demise of... Um, um, Bridgend and uh, Pontypris coming together did us best of all, really, because nobody wanted to go to um, Cardiff. The um, Newport had been really well uh, placed in the first season and then fell off as the money fell away. Uh, the Scarlets were finesse, they weren't going to change for anybody, and, uh, and they stayed the same. And uh, we were the only region that were a real region. And mm -hmm. so we incorporated everybody, whether they were from Bridgend or Ton Maur, um, from Swansea or, or um, uh, the Gower, made no difference. You were part of Australia and uh, we had big gates then. Mm. And then, you know, we were playing in Swansea, down at St. Helens, or we were playing occasionally at the Knoll. And then... Uh, the um, the Swans had their stadium built 
at Morfa, and we got in on that. And it's a great stadium, but it is a football stadium, and it's too big. And so it rattled, we rattle around in there. Um, but having said that, we had the players that have um, provided the bulk of the Welsh team throughout this second goal or third golden era. Um, we've given um, our players to the Lions, and we've got 21 Lions from the Ospreys. Um, and we're the only team to beat a touring team uh, when we stuffed Australia as region. Absolutely. That, that's why we're Ospreys fans. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's why this season has been uh, extremely painful, to say the least. Oh, uh, yeah, just a little bit. Let's bring Daniel in. Uh, can you explain a bit about your affiliation with the Scarlets and uh, why they aren't as good as the Ospreys for me, please, mate? <laughs> right, so it's so, so it's ganging up on me. Okay, uh, I'm not ganging up. Uh, right, where I start? Right, I'm um, well, actually RFC fan first and foremost. First game mm. was Neath, as it happens, back in I think it was 89, 1990, around that time. Mm. Um, uh, in Strally Park, in the old Strally Park. I'm glad to say we won. Uh, excuse me because I've absolutely bombed it back to the caravan and my mouth's of breath because I'm so unfit. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going in now. Here we go. Make sure it opens. Anyway, so yeah, um, and that was, uh, as I say, back in the 90s. Um, fast forward, um, well, quite a few years, obviously, and then we became a region. I do disagree, of course, I do with Bob that um, they are the only region because for me, it, 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 yes, okay, Clearly stayed as the only pro team back then and uh, you know, as a standalone with Cardiff, um, who became the Cardiff Blues. However, I do, uh, I do feel that uh, a region encompasses the whole region, the whole region of clubs that are in that uh, county, that borough, that region, whatever you want to call it. So, you know, and, um, and rightly so, I think um, a few years back, um, the, the club decided to drop Flanethley. I'm a Flanethley boy. It didn't bother me so much. I know others, you know, supporters that it does bother. Um, it didn't bother me because I did feel at that point uh, we became brand, the regional brand that you see now, which is the Scarlets and does represent West Wales. Um, you know, and, and it's great being here tonight in um, Penkinook, Holiday Park in uh, in uh, deepest West Wales, as I say, in uh, Caradigion on the new key coastline. Seeing plenty of Scarlets tops around, you, you get the odd Osprey. Obviously, he's he's a bit lost, but uh, um, yeah, it's, it's great. So, yeah, you know, that, that, and that's my journey. A massive Scarlets fan. I, I, I worked a few years as a privilege and honour on this work for the club for um, for five seasons as well. Um, and um, yeah, I'm lying Clenethley, I'm lying the Scarlets. Absolutely. And the Scarlets have seen some great success. Not as good as the Ospreys, of course. Um, it's just one of them things. Being an Ospreys fan, success just comes uh, a lot of the time. But uh, Gregory, uh, Bob Gregory, not Gregory, Bob, can you um, chat to me a little bit about the golden days? Because of course, you remember the team. You remember Shane Williams. We had James Hook. We had Mike Phillips. We had all of them. He's even got the photo. We had an insane team. It was one of the best teams that we had. And from Stephen Terrablanche as a world class We've lost Daniel for a second, but I'm sure we'll get him back. Hi, Daniel. You could go through that 
squad that we had then, yeah. from Lyndon Bateman all the way down to Nicky Walker, full of internationals, full of quality star players, up to Richie Col um, um, well, Barry Williams, you know, yeah. uh, Sonny Parker, the bulk of the Welsh team that have done so well and laid the foundations for Warren Gatlin and his team all came from the Ospreys. Now, granted, they did very well out of the demise of um, uh, the Bridgend debacle, uh, but somebody had to, and it just turned out that it was us. Perfect. And, and the Ospreys were so successful. And, of course, um, you know, there was a lot of talk at the time where, you know, coaches were picking – like 13 Ospreys. Um, he is one of the, you know, the Ospreys were so successful at the time and people were like, wait, but isn't it to represent the four regions? Uh, let's go over to Daniel now uh, to shout a bit about the Scarlets. Of course, Scarlets over the past five years, I'd say, I've seen a good amount of success mm -hmm. and played as an Ospreys fan. I hate to say it, but I will say it. Um, I've played some really good rugby. I've played really attractive rugby. It must have been some great memories over the last five, six years down at Parker Scowlets for you. Yeah, I mean, look, look it's, it's been a great um, uh, five or six years, as, as you say, Brandon. And, um, you know, we were a little bit uh, slow off the mark when uh, realisation came in. But um, I think that we've, you know, certainly made up for it in the last few years, as you say. Um, yeah, fantastic memories. I mean, the um, uh, the couple of visits we had to the, um, well, actually more than a couple, uh, to Dublin for the semis and the final twice. Uh, good memories. Unfortunately, uh, on the second occasion, we lost out there, but um, mm -hmm. to a very, very good length side. But yeah, um, in recent years, it, um, you know, we, we've played, and I think that's important for the Scarlets as well. Is that it's not only um, you know winning, which is, of course is everything in rugby, but it's it's the, it's the brand of um, of rugby that they play, and and in fairness, that they've continued to play. You know, we've always gone for the, for a coach that likes that style. Very similar to the Swansea City, perhaps not in so much in recent years, but in that they, they try to keep that continuity of the coaching and staff so that uh, obviously you, you keep that brand of um, rugby or brand of football in the Swans case going forward. You know? But yeah, uh, highlight for me in the last few years uh, certainly would be that um, uh, final in Dublin, uh, playing Manchester in 2017 to win the Pro 12 as it was then. Um, and probably only tips by the week before beating beat uh, uh, Leinster in the, uh, the semi-final with um, with 14 men in the second half, you know, so yeah, some great memories. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's it? left field. Um, I'll be honest, Rian uh, didn't didn't expect that. Um, I've been out club now um, uh, on on the staff at least for the last 18 months. So um, yeah, that was very very um, surprising. Um, you know, um, as as a player, there's there's no one more. Uh, revered or well known in in world rugby, you know he's uh, he's an absolute uh, living legend. Um, you know uh, as an all black, all black captain. Um, but um, yeah, so uh, you know what he can bring to it. I'm, I'm hoping that um, he can certainly open some doors. Um, if you're a player that's deciding between um, uh, two pro fourteen clubs or maybe uh, Harlequin Saracens, but uh, you're coming over from the southern hemisphere and Sean Fitzpatrick is with the Scarlets, then I'm inclined to say that you know the, those players are probably going to. Yeah. Same for us, based on that, you know, if 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 all everything else is is the same in terms of the salary and things, you know. But so yeah, it's it's good. One come it, we'll we'll see. Fingers crossed. Now, uh, I've been looking at our private chat here in the corner, and Joe has been pinging me some messages. So I'm just going to read whatever he's told me to read. So this could be interesting or not. But this is this is for, actually yeah, it's a comment from Joe Lyons. He says, 
Surely the Welsh Rugby Union should have realised that Welsh Rugby is extremely localised and generational. Merging teams very rarely works. Very sad when teams are watered down. I want to get your thoughts on that. We have spoken a little bit about the creation of the regions. We go to Bob first. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? That that Welsh rugby, you know, is it too local? Are people too tribal in a sense that they can't go over? Because, again, I think most fans, you'd say, did go over to the Ospreys, did go over to Scarlets, did go over to Cardiff Blues, went over to the Dragons. I'm not saying that, that any of you are much older than me because you're not, obviously. But you would, of course, remember the transition a lot more than I did. Uh, Bob, what are your thoughts? It was uh, David Moffat who brought in um, the regions, having looked over the water to see what the Irish guys were doing and how successful they had been. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. I don't think he understood about the tribal mentality or the, the club mentality. But the other side of that is he did understand money. Mm. And in a professional game, we couldn't afford it. And so something had to change. Now, you could have um, cut down the number of clubs in the premiership and uh, made that try to work. But who are you going to get rid of? Mm. So to have a new start, albeit Flanelli and Cardiff stayed the same pretty much, um, Newport was stuffed and became the uh, Newport Gwent Dragons and the oldest club in the country had to suck it up and go with Swansea mm. but that turned out to be quite successful so at the time when when it all happened I think all five regions were getting decent gates I certainly know that we were uh, even though it was down at St Helens or at the Knoll um, but even when we would go to the Liberty to start off with, the gates were pretty good still, getting in a lot of people from, as we call it, Australia. Um, that's fallen off quite considerably because we're not getting the success that we had. It's certainly gone up for the Scarlets as they've uh, been playing some fabulous rugby over the last, well, through PVAX era. Um, and it'll be interesting, I think, now to see with the... Uh, massive amount of cash injection for the Dragons mm -hmm. and their huge recruiting policy, uh, how that will affect them because they had rubbish gates as well. Mm -hmm. Cardiff have just been ticking over because it's in the middle of the city. And, you know, if you've got nothing else to do, you go and watch paint dry or see the blues. Exactly. And we do have a really interesting comment coming up. I think Rian's going to take this one because I think you're more connected to it than I am. I think Joe's going to put it up for us uh, now regarding the Scarlets. Yeah, and obviously um, the passing of Tomo recently. I actually had, I, I met him a few times. He was a really great guy, and um, I, I just you know he was the voice of the Scarlets, wasn't he? He also did football commentary, but he was the the commentator on match day. And every time I went to whether it was you know Parker Scarlets or um, Stratty, uh, he he was there and a larger than life character and um, just a few thoughts Daniel I don't know whether you worked with him when you were with the Scarlets yeah I, I, I certainly did Rian um, it's extremely sad um, you know for, uh, for a chap to, to pass away um, at 53 years old uh, obviously leaving the family young family as well behind is um, is terrible and um, you know I, I think the, the whole region um, is, is still in shock uh, those that worked with him I was very lucky um, again to, um, to work with Tomo I was in 
his um um uh, well, the, the, not the funeral but the the sort of celebration service then be, beforehand and that's what it was a celebration of Tom's life yeah. on Saturday in in Car- in Cardigan up here and um yeah it was fantastic to see so many people totally distant than my dad in, in a massive field um in, on, on the football rugby pitch um yeah he's he, he, as you say he was a voice of Scarlet um Welsh rugby Welsh sport as you say he did both um I've have lost an absolute um. Uh, genuine, genuine person, and, and just, just, a, just a great, great guy. Just really great guy, you know. It was, it's, it's, it reminds me of when Grav went. You know, he was another one, wasn't he? He was also Mister Chenetti and Scarlet. Was, oh yeah, uh, just, he just, yeah. Uh, he just always who was Scarlet, who was Wales. You know, he was. Um, yeah. There's, there's, there's no words that uh, a mere mortal like me could uh, could uh, provide that uh, would describe uh, Grav's prowess amongst. Uh, I think you, I think uh, you really well. <laughs> and I think you know that's the beauty of Welsh rugby. We have these characters in the game who come and represent what we're all about: passion, about everyone's invited to come and support the team and get involved. Uh, just before you go, gentlemen, I do want to get your thoughts on the current situation of your sides. Obviously, Bob, me and you both very painful season um but maybe some signs of some improvements with some signings coming in could you quickly in maybe a minute or so give your thoughts on the current situation of the ospreys and h- how are we to move forward okay we've got uh toby booth has come in now and uh things are changing the next two games are really important for you and for me and they mean absolutely nothing in reality mm. it's all about next season you can forget this one, you know, COVID and everything else that's gone on make it absolutely meaningless. Uh, we lost most of our team, uh, as did the Scarlets, to um, the Rugby World Cup and the Six Nations, constantly being drained there. And so they're not turning up uh, for the uh, Ospreys games. But next year, and let's be honest, we're at the bottom. There's only one way for us to go now. Exactly. Uh, Daniel, your thoughts on the Scarlets? How, how are things looking down at Parker Scarlets at the minute for you guys? No, you, you know, we, we've had a good couple of seasons. We've had some changes in the court, coaching setup. Um, it was it was obviously a big blow to lose um, our current coach, Brad, um, who's gone on to uh, greater things with New Zealand, um, of course, um, back, back down under. So, yeah, that's going to be a little bit disruptive, but he's got his number two. Uh, coming coming in to give him a hand in Glenn, Glenn Delaney, so he's um, he's he's taking the shoes with hopefully a bit of continuity there, uh, Brandon. But yeah, look, the, the club's in good health, good shape at the moment on the field, off the field. Uh, COVID, uh, as obviously Bob mentioned, though, is, is going to have a big impact. And you know, if if it, if it hasn't already, um, one one thing for me, and if fairness, Bob touched on with, with with the World Cup, is that we haven't seen. We haven't seen our regional players in best part of, I don't know, 90% of the year, if, if not higher than that, actually, probably 95% yeah. of the games. It'd be fantastic to see them, you know, week in, week out when um, w- w- when things start back again. And my my big bugbear with, with Welsh rugby is that we don't um, perhaps follow the football mode in that when we play international rugby, all our, um, our league fixtures uh, continue. Uh, whereas you know you're obviously myself and Bob big regional rugby fans um, and you know sporting the Ospreys and Scarlets and we want to see um, the players that have these big massive Twitter announcements signing up you know and your, your Jonathan Davises and and in fairness yeah. you know they they playing for for the uh, for the international team but yeah. as season ticket holders we'd like to see them play in you know and that's one of my biggest bugbears really. 
and that's going to get the fans down. Uh, Rian, you're a Dragons fans. Uh, a tough few years, but over the past, what, so year or so? I'm so the past year. For the past year, yeah. I've been so impressed with what you've done. You took Sam Davis over, of course, from the Ospreys. Some big signings. Obviously, yeah. Dr. Um, Jamie Roberts has joined. Uh, can you give me your thoughts on, on the Dragons, where, where you are at the minute? Um, I, I'm just so excited for uh, next season. I think um, they've slowly been consolidating. It's taken a long time. But uh, as they've been proved, no, as you, as you said, Brandon, they, they're... Um, getting their act together, they're making some decent signings and um, I just really hope they gel, it all gels for them because it's been, you know, they really have been the Cinderella and um, it's it's like, um, you know, being a Dragons fan, just on some of the forums, it's just been so hard <laughs> having to put up with um, all the hassle. Um, but yeah, really excited for, um, for next season. And um, can't wait for the end of it. You know, a bit of rugby now. I think we've all got uh, all, all, all hoping that um, you know what's happening with um, um, the French players uh, doesn't translate over here, and then we can at least have a few games before the end of the season. So we can have a bit of rugby to watch because um, I, I think we're all missing it um, big time. Um, I would say that um, we have asked both um, Cardiff Blues and. Dragons for representatives from their uh, respective because Daniel and Bob haven't had the opportunity yet, really, you know, to, to, to mention your forums. Um, because you are you are both representing um the you know, Ospreys and the Scarlets um supporters yeah. forums, and um, you know, we're all about um promoting promoting those. So if either of you want to say a word about your forums or both of you, um start with Bob. Uh no, start with Daniel. Okay, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 in uh, in in fairness, I I float very much in and out of the uh, of the forums. I'm uh, say a few things here and there, and um, a good friend of mine, Jonathan Smith, uh, suggested that I come up and speak all this evening, Rian. Um, and I think I owe him um, perhaps a little bit more engagement in the forum than I have done previously. So uh, <laughs> I shall do that. That's all good, mate. And uh, yourself, Bob. Uh, tell us a bit about your forum and why people should be uh, following the Ospreys more than the Scarlets. Yeah, I'm desperately trying to find the name of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, was oh, it easy? Scarlet supporters. Yeah. <laughs> it's something like that. Uh, Anne Taylor runs it, and she's brilliant. And um, it's just about as, as it is with Daniel now. It's just fans who are passionate about the club who want to see it do well and. And I, I'm not speaking for Daniel, but I'm, I'm, I think he's probably a, a sound bloke. But, you know, nobody wants to see any of the Welsh regions do badly. Mm. We want to see us all get in and achieve it. Yeah, absolutely. Blues, obviously. 100%. Um, 100%. But, you know, it, it's it's not about idiots and football fans who are trying to slag everybody off. I'm not interested in that. It's about genuine fans who want to see success for everyone in Wales. Exactly. And all four regions work together to try and get, I think, the national team to be as successful as possible. They are the feeder teams. That's why, as we've spoken throughout the show, from grassroots all the way up to the national side, there is a system 
that seems on the whole to work where players can go through you know they may join the academy region not get enough game time so they join a premiership side they get game time there they develop they start playing for the region week in week out on the pro 14 or in europe they get recognized they then go up to the national team and then hopefully go on to the lions uh, just before you go lads i do want to ask you uh, a little bit about the passion that we have for rugby here in wales if you could summarize very quickly for me what does rugby mean to us here in Wales? Why is it so important? Why is it so integral to us? And uh, yeah, and, and what it means to you personally as well. Uh, let's go to the Scarlets uh, fan first. Let's go to Daniel. Uh, thank uh, you for that, Brandon, <laughs> on the spot. Uh, I, I, I just feel that for me personally, um, it's, it's, it's all about socially connecting. Um, my very brief rugby days ended at youth level and many would say that that was, that was too long. So, um, yeah, uh, but I've been a supporter ever since and uh, uh, I'm probably a little bit better at supporting than I was at playing. Um, but like, like I said, you know, and that, if it wasn't such a fantastic social gathering, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that perhaps 80% of people wouldn't, wouldn't follow it. But uh, we all love the game, but for me, it's all about the social and getting together. And, um, and of course, the most important thing in Wales, the singing. Oh, brilliant. It's so good. But when when you hear that glad in the, in the stadium, it just you know blows you away. You want to sing there, Daniel. Next so show. This, sorry, Rian. I said the next show you're singing. You do not want to hear me sing. I can promise you do not want to hear me sing. That street will end very, very quickly. I can promise you if I start singing, because it will not be pretty. Um Darren Power with Ospreys, Ospreys, Ospreys is a little comment there, of course. What else? Uh Bob, can you tell me a little bit about, of course, your passion for rugby and the passion we have for rugby here in Wales? It's as Daniel said, you know, it's it's not just about the game, it's a whole ethos that surrounds it. It's it's everything. It is absolutely everything. When that ball is kicked, usually by Dan Bigger superbly, um to start the match, you can forget absolutely everything else. Mm. And I have been so lucky with rugby because I as you were the next Shane Williams, I was going to be the next Gareth Llewellyn. <laughs> not and, uh, uh, as a consequence of that I have been lucky enough to go all over the world and mm. watch Wales play and the Ospreys and the the friends that we've made absolutely mm. phenomenal just through watching 30 blokes mess about with uh, a pig's bladder mm. fantastic absolutely fantastic it is. And that's what I think in Wales, we have that mentality all in this together. We're a small nation, but what we've achieved over the last 15, 20 years, which we'll get to in just a sec, has been phenomenal. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. Daniel, enjoy the rest of your holiday. Uh, Bob, have a great evening. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Check out their forums. Uh, we want to get involved with you guys. We want to hear your thoughts. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Uh, have, have a great evening. <laughs> thank you, nice to Bye, bye. There oh, we go. There's um, just the two of us. That hour has gone so fast. It has. It Amazing. has indeed. And as Thank always, you. thank you so much for watching. We're quickly going to finish by just talking a little bit about the success of the last 15 uh, to 20 years. I think for me, the biggest real success we saw was after 2007. Of course, we lost to Fiji. I'm completely over it. Completely over it. Um, and I think that was a real time for change. 
for Welsh rugby and we saw Gatlin come in and of course we were losing to England at half time in Twickenham we thought we weren't going to do it but we came back and won Brian, can you really summarise the impact that Gatland had over his tenure here and how you think Wales became such a solid team where we were regularly beating the likes of Australia, South Africa at some points, winning Grand Slams, Six Nations. Um, what do you think that was down to? Why do you think we saw such success? I, th- I think what Gatland did was instil a team, the team ethos, that those guys were out for each other and, you know, taking them off. He he sort of started with taking them off or yomping up um, Himalayas and um, doing those um, cryo baths and things like that. But it was all about um, being there for the last man, wasn't it? You know, it was a, it was it was perhaps a different mentality because um, I think Welsh players, the flair of the nineteen seventies and things like that. You know, it's it um, and, and when we went through gone through phases of playing percentage rugby, it's um, it's it's hit and miss. But what he did was made them just look after each other. And I think that the strength of, of being there for so long, you know, it, it was an unprecedented tour of duty uh, with, with, with Gats. And um, I personally am a Gats fan, particularly when, um, the, you know, everyone goes on about Warren Ball or Gatlin Ball. But actually, it was, two, it was 2017 when that sort of started. He phased that one out or he was phasing that out. So, um I just think, and I hope now that, you know, I think what's happened in the Six Nations, the pre-virus Six Nations, is that the um, that payback, you can see what he wants to do, but the players are not quite gelling as into their new role. But I think that's to come. I don't, you know, you don't have a world-class team that suddenly goes to nothing. And um, hopefully next, next season again, um, we'll be back there. Exactly. And, you know, the success over the last 10 years has been incredible. Been very fortunate to see it. And with Pivak, it's just going to take time. Uh, that's all we got time for today. I do want to plug one show coming very, very shortly on Wednesday. This Wednesday coming, it's a really exciting show with three blokes, Ball and a Bod, hosted by your chief bloke, Joe Shep, of course. He's going to be hosting a concussion special. I believe Nathan's going to be that who's on the show today talking about how concussion is such a big issue in rugby and how maybe world rugby does need to approach that. Um, that's going to be a fantastic show, isn't it, Rian? Um, absolutely. Looking forward to that one. Huge issue for us in Wales, um, particularly. Um, yeah, really exciting. And we'll be back in a month. And mm. we want to know what you want. We mm. You know, this this show is here to be led by uh, you. Um, we've started some discussions today. We need to spend more time on, on, on some of these um, subjects, and I can't wait for that. Um, you know, you sometimes just start things and you think, no, we have to stop because this is a, a, a broad church uh, for the show. Um, but uh, we've got some great ideas. And as I said, if anyone has any ideas, if anyone wants to come on the show with us, then um, just drop us a line on our Facebook um, page and um, and we'll get back to you. Brilliant. Absolutely. And, you know, that's what we're all about. We want the fans to get involved, to let us know what's concerning them about Welsh rugby, what they're excited about. And thank you so much for watching. It's our first show. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, uh, like our Facebook page, like the stream, sh- uh, share the stream with your friends, with your rugby friends. It's been really great fun today. Fian, thank you so much uh, for helping me with this one. Absolutely. Could not have done it without you, and, and you've got the beauty, you know, to, to get oh, the fact. Oh, I don't have that, so <laughs> you've got the, you got the youth, 
<laughs> so thank you so much guys uh, for watching we really appreciate it and make sure wednesday show half past eight on the three blokes page a concussion special hosted by big joe shep thank you so much for watching and we'll see you soon here on the welsh rugby roundup show the dragon's balls Bye. Bye. Love that.